Hi, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of The Jay Davis Show. I'm excited to have Kevin Lewis on with us today. He is the CEO and president uh, at Henderson Engineers. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Kevin. Yeah, absolutely, Jay. Thanks for having me and uh, looking forward to the conversation. Yeah. Uh, why don't we start with, uh, do you want to just give kind of a background, some of your career experiences uh, and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, I'd love to start with that. So um, I usually start with I'm, I'm a Kansas kid through and through. Uh, I was born in Slida, Kansas, grew up in Topeka, Kansas, went to school at Kansas State in Manhattan, live in Kansas City. So it kind of starts with that. And I attribute a, a lot of my success to those Midwest roots, whether good or bad. But um, essentially, from a career perspective, I have a degree in mechanical engineering. And uh, it's kind of interesting because mechanical engineering is a really broad degree where you can do a lot of different stuff. Uh, there's no like one thing. I mean, you can build machines or you can work in a factory or you can design things. Uh, so that's kind of why I did it. It was just a, a good basis. And uh, from that, I, I started at a firm out of college called Ellery Beckett. And at Ellery Beckett, they designed sports stadiums. So that's kind of how I kept my teeth. Always had a passion for sports. I uh, was in a cool location in the city, so that's why I started there. Uh, after a while, though, um, I realized what I really was interested in is business development and relationships and building things. Uh, so it was the year was 2004, and I put in my application at this organization called Henderson Engineers. I was employed 248. They hired me. And uh, ever since I've been here, it's really been a focus on growth. So one of the things I did over the last uh, 18 to 20 years was really focus on what we call sports and venues. So once again, sports is a, a passion. We work with architects who design sports stadiums. Uh, we put in place mechanical, electrical, plumbing, fire protection systems. Architects who design buildings, we make buildings work. Uh, but it's always this cool partnership because architects are so creative. And literally, there's so many of them that do this work. It, it gave me an avenue to just explore entrepreneurial spirit and just really uh, bring that forward at Henderson and, and grow it. So we started with a staff of three, and today we have about 130 people that do that full time. So it, it's just been a lot of fun. That's amazing. Uh, so you've really seen that that specific channel grow uh, or division, yep. maybe is a better better description. Um, and and you, you're now... Uh, CEO for the last couple of years, but you've been there for almost 20 years, right? Yep. So I've That's been amazing. at Henderson, yeah, almost 20 years, and I've done just about every role. You know, I started in design. <laughs> I was a project manager. You know, I ran a team. Uh, we call them sectors. So I ran a sector. Uh, I did a role where I supported all the different practices we have in the organization, more of a business development role. Uh, but this position came up. It, it's not something that I started my career wanting to do. Um, I feel like I had the right skill set. The, the duties and responsibilities of a CEO were something that was really intriguing to me. So I threw my name in the hat. Uh, one thing I did throughout my career, I did go back to school and get an MBA in corporate finance. So I've got this passion, I guess, for numbers, whether it's engineering or the finance or, or corporate side or economics. Bringing those all together and then understanding the business that we do, I, I think, really prepared me for this role. Um, I love relationships and people focus. Putting that all together, I was like, you know what? I, I think I can do this. 
So I'm two years into the role and it, it's been a fantastic ride. I learn something new every single day uh, and that's okay, right? So continuous learning something that we believe in here at Henderson. That's amazing. How many employees do you guys have? Yeah, so we have just under a thousand employees. And I say that that way because it kind of oh, fluctuates. Yeah. You know, some weeks we may hire a dozen and we may lose a couple. So that, that number is always a moving target. Uh, but right around a thousand yeah. employees across 13 U.S. focused national offices. It's amazing. So what I, I think that's such an awesome story. And I, I love that you've you've been able to do so many different roles. What has been surprising about becoming CEO that you wish people would understand uh, who are working for a CEO or working in an organization? What's, what's kind of surprised you? Yeah, it, it's probably twofold. Um, the, the first thing is probably the number of different things you deal with on any given day. And I've become really good at what I call compartmentalization. So you may have one discussion with somebody and we just want a bunch of work and it's fantastic. And you may have to move to something that's an HR issue. Then you may have to move to <coughs> yeah. a client issue. And then you may have to move to, hey, I got to go interview a person. And it's always just bang, bang, bang. And it never really gives you any time to yeah. just say, hey, I'm going to take that issue and really delve into it because you're always moving from the next thing to the next thing. Uh, yeah. So that. I wasn't probably prepared for just how quickly those things were going to happen. Uh, so that's been kind of interesting. Uh, the other thing I would say is just the depth and breadth of the organization and just how quickly it moves. Um, there's just a lot to it. I tell people it's a 24-7, 365 role. Uh, Henderson's the last thing I think about when I go to bed. It's the first thing I think about when I wake up. Um, I've been in the role two years pretty much work every day, including the weekends. Now, some of that might be half an hour to an hour at a time, but it's just kind of a nonstop role, which I probably should have expected. Yeah. Uh, but it probably still, <laughs> still a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know that anyone can explain it. I think that's what's hard. Uh, I think there's, there's some experiences in life that are just impossible to explain. Many experiences in our lives are really hard to put into words uh, everything that it feels like and, and, in the process and that's amazing i have a much smaller organization and i still feel uh a lot of those stresses and and i i notice that i come home and my wife's like how was today and it's like you know like oh lots of good stuff and lots of bad stuff you know that's just what it is uh you know even dealing with a hundred people is is you know a lot of those things uh so those are great learnings i love that i love the what you said about the breadth and the depth and it's hard sometimes to dive deep how do you stay connected uh i think i think one of the things that i notice among ceos is they often feel somewhat lonely um you feel like you kind of can't share uh you know even even sometimes with a spouse or um with certain people because sometimes you're dealing with hr issues or you're dealing with challenges and and how do you deal with that how have you uh have you had struggles with that maybe it's just me but how do you deal with that? Yeah, the, the old thing is it's lonely at the top, and there's some truth to that, right? Because ultimately, uh, you're in charge of a thousand families, right? And you want to make sure that goes forward. So yeah. it's easy to say, or, or let that burden weigh on you and internalize some of those things. Um, there's kind of two things. I, I think everybody kind of needs confidants, and whether that's a spouse or somebody at work, we all need somebody that we can kind of release or have a pressure release valve that we can yeah. talk to and just say, Hey, I'm, 
I'm dealing with this. How should I go forward or should I just let it go? And I think that's always going to be important. But um, probably the best stress relief for me, honestly, is, um, you know, just getting up early in the morning. Maybe it's doing a workout or taking a walk or just, you know, a little bit of time where you can kind of concentrate and focus on what's ahead of you for the day. Because what's, and you know this, Jay, what, once you start the work day, it's like this constant stream and you, you just don't have time to stop and really think about some of those bigger yeah. picture issues. So that, that kind of a stress relief has been really important to me. But what I try not to do is just internalize everything because I, I don't think that's super healthy. So I think you've got to find an outlet. Yeah. I think that's great. Do you, uh, this is something that is uh, being much discussed, at least in my LinkedIn sphere and friends. I've had a lot of business friends. I've, I've written some posts about I have a coach, uh, a CEO coach, and I've had a lot of entrepreneurial friends and executive friends who've reached out and asked, do you have a coach? Is that something you've seen value in or do you have something else uh, that you would recommend people do? Yeah, I definitely have an executive coach and I, I think that is yeah. kind of the thing in the moment. And honestly, those conversations are great because that person is a confidant and you can, and you don't have to get into the specific details and they don't know who the people are. So it's more about here's a situation and it kind of takes the feelings and emotion out of it. How would you handle it? Yeah. It's a person that just can really help you. Um, I see, I think see it from a different elevation or a different angle and that's always worthwhile. So, uh, if anybody is in this kind of role, I, I do think an executive coach is, is worth its weight in gold. And I would recommend that everybody reach out and do that. Now, I mean, uh, with my individual, maybe once every six weeks to eight weeks, uh, and you got to kind of figure out what that balance is that's right for you. But for me, that, yeah. that's about appropriate and, um, always enjoy those meetings. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, how did you find your coach? Any any tips for other people who uh, might be looking for one? I, I definitely am getting a lot of questions from those friends who have seen my posts, and they're like, "How did you choose one? How did you find them?" Uh, any any advice? Because I think it is something that a lot of people are starting to realize. Like, I I need an outlet. I need a confidant. How do you go about that process? Yeah, so we um, we believe in the RFP process or a request for proposals. Uh, so there's a couple of different organizations nationally that you can reach out to. And uh, I think in my case, we interviewed five different people and it shows one. So that's a little bit of an intensive process. But what it really did is I, I think if for an executive coach to work, your personalities have to match up and don't take the first person right. Like actually talk yeah. to multiple people. And then figure out who is best for you going forward. And, and that works fantastically for me. And um, our personalities matched a lot. So it, it made the relationship a lot better. That's, that's such a good point. I think that's, uh, I've had uh, some different coaches at times. And, and, and I definitely agree. I think sometimes it's, it's easy to just kind of, you know, post on LinkedIn, like, hey, anybody know anybody? And just take whoever's uh you know closest to most available so i think that's great advice um you guys are uh headquartered in kansas right kansas city kansas city yep kansas city uh we were talking a little bit about being mid from the midwest i'm also from the midwest what do you think are the best qualities uh that you guys have adopted into your culture 
and broaden from from some of those Midwest values? Yeah, so we uh, we have a set of core values like a lot of organizations do. Uh, one thing that we believe in is quality work, uh, and I think that Midwest mindset plays really well to that. Um, we are growth focused, and I, I preach this all the time. Uh, you're either declining or you're growing, but it's not great to just hold ground. So uh, we talk. We have four to five company meetings a year. At almost every single one of those meetings, we talk about our growth pattern, and, and not to grow just to grow, but to create opportunities. Uh, we believe in the client experience. That's something uh, that's super keen to. Uh, we want to make sure all those relationships that we're having, that we're always asking our clients, uh, what can we do to make you successful? So that's kind of a key element. Uh, innovation is something that we believe in. So we're always trying to innovate our process, uh, learn new things is the thing that we have here at Henderson continually learn let's try to make sure uh, we believe in that and then the inclusivity uh we're a really welcoming organization um we have some strong d e and i efforts and just making people feel part of the organization is really important to me it's really important to our leaders uh we want henderson to be a place that everybody feels safe they feel welcome they feel part of the culture so i think all those things tied to a Midwest organization. And we, we do have a lot of National Coast offices that believe that too, but it kind of started in the Midwest. And uh, for the most part, we're pretty a pretty homegrown organization. We haven't done much M&A. Um, so those tangents kind of resonate throughout the whole organization. Yeah, I love it. Those are the great values. Um, I think one of the things that I always love asking uh, CEOs, and I think it's a challenge that you see in all organizations. I think a lot of, I think a lot of startups struggle with this, and they can learn from CEOs. How how old uh, or how long had Henderson been around when you took over as CEO, or how long have they been around now? Yeah, so Henderson Engineers was founded in 1970, so we're a 53 year old organization, and I'm our fourth president and CEO. So that talks a little bit to the longevity of those people yeah. in this role before me. <laughs> yeah, so you're just getting started. Yeah, you're, I'm just, you're just, I'm just a baby, just in the beginning. Yeah, I'm just a baby. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there was a. Speaking of of you putting those five people through the process, I'm sure. You went through a very intense process uh, as you were selected for that job. So yeah, it was about a nine-month process, um, which is a long time. Wow! And and we had about uh, eight to ten applicants, so it, it was very thorough. Uh, it involved a lot of different things, but you know, at the end of the day, I appreciate that the organization uh, just didn't go into a smoke-filled room and just pick somebody and come out and say, "Well, that that's the person yeah. just accepted." And I feel like the, the credibility, the process created what was good for the organization, was good for me. And um, yeah, it was all in the up and up, which I think we all appreciate. Yeah, shows you guys live your values because uh, that I think it, it is so easy to fall into that trap of just, uh, well, let's just choose this guy because we like him. Um, and let's not make it a fair process. And let's, let's you know, so I love that. So I was going to ask... I, I love talking to people who have taken over as CEO of an organization who has a long and incredible history. Um, and, and the parallel I want to make and kind of ask your thoughts on, I think the reason I like asking CEOs who take over in that kind of a company is they come in and they have to figure out a lot of things on where are we headed next? 
what are growth opportunities for us? And the parallel is I, I see that a lot of founders have that same struggle and often are struggling and should look to CEOs uh, who are who are leading companies with a lot of history and they want to make sure that they both continue that history but also provide growth for that company. Um, and so I love asking, how do you approach that balance? Because I think it's something that is really hard for all levels of CEOs. Um, and I think often the great examples come from companies like Henderson Engineers who have this amazing history. And you got to keep that and you can't just throw that away. You can't just say, we're starting over because you run the business into the ground. But <laughs> you also need to figure out, okay, where are we headed? How do we keep growing? How do we keep building on that history? So any lessons you've learned uh, and also seen from the, the other CEOs you work for? So Jay, I think you just asked a million dollar question, right? And it's how do you, <laughs> how do you broker the past to the future? And to be honest, it's, it's really delicate. And uh, I think what I've learned is you can't move too fast. Uh, you've got to be really thorough. You've got to bring people along as you go. Um, it's kind of interesting. When I took over, we did a couple different things. Uh, we changed the ownership model. So we became a 100% S-Corp ESOP. So we're an employee-owned yeah. organization. Uh, we have the right culture in place. The, the culture cares about the organization. The culture cares about each other. The culture cares about growth. Those are all foundational elements to a good ESOP. So we were always poised to do that, but we went ahead and made it official. So all 1,000 of our employees are beneficial employee owners. So we don't have, uh, per se, a single individual or a group that owns the majority of the shares. It's distributed across the entire organization. So that was pretty cool. The other thing we did was reorganize. So uh, over time, we had grown in a way that probably wasn't sustainable going forward. So we just took a holistic approach. We want to be a national organization that helps our clients um, to be innovative. So we said, hey, that's the fundamental how do we reorganize or restructure to make sure that we support that? So we went through that process. Uh, ultimately, that's been um, really good. But as we went through that, we didn't want to lose the culture that we had created in the past 51 years. Uh, so we spent a lot of time bringing people along. Here's the why behind the decision. Here's what we're trying to achieve. Here's how we think growth is going to accelerate, not only for the organization, but you personally because there's going to be more roles that you can aspire to as you go forward. And, um, you know, it's change is never easy, especially if you're an engineering organization. Uh, we're pretty change averse as a group of individuals. Uh, but because we articulated the why and brought everyone along slowly, I think we had better success in that change management and getting things to stick on the backside. So um, it's that balance, right? It's, it's forgetting, it's not forgetting that ultimately people are our biggest asset. And that's what we care most about. So how can we really focus on the people, employees, and make sure they're taken care of? And that, in turn, creates a really good client experience. Yeah, that's amazing. I'll, that's great answers and also inspiring because I, I think sometimes it's good to hear that it's hard for everyone in some ways, uh, that it's, there aren't, isn't you know some, some secret hack or secret code of like, oh, just do this. It's like, that is that is why it's hard. Uh, yeah. Is because it's a delicate issue. It's it's tough. I love that. I, I love that you guys uh, have now distributed that ownership. 
what would be kind of your pitch? I, I think a lot of business owners also think about that. How do I make this a win for my people who are dedicated to me and helping me grow? How would you guys go about that decision? And how would or what would be your pitch to other people of whether they should do it as well? Yeah, you 100% have to be the right organization. I, I think it was pretty easy for us because we're in a very service-oriented industry. Um, we deal with clients. 90% plus of our work is repeat work. So we really believe in relationships. And I've said it a bunch, but that client experience really helping our end users or building owners reach their potential. Um, so first and foremost, it kind of starts with where we want to go and what that trajectory is. And we've always been growth minded. So we didn't have to back into that, but because our greatest asset is our people and we truly believe that our, our people are fantastic, it made the decision really, really easy. And, um, because we're an inclusive organization, wealth building is something we talk about all the time. And when you move to an ESOP, it really is a wealth building mechanism. Uh, there's a lot of stories when you start an ESOP about the receptionist. Uh, maybe he or she becomes a millionaire after 30 or 35 years in the organization. And that really happens with ESOP companies. So when we talk about wealth building, it can, it can happen and come to fruition. The longevity, right? The time value of money is what makes that possible and a growth minded organization. Yeah. So, uh, so my, um, pitch to anybody that wants to do it is make sure you've got the right culture, make sure you're a growth-minded organization, make sure you have buy-in amongst the employee base that they're willing to put in the time, energy, and effort um, collectively to make uh, your aspirations come true. Yeah. Well, I, I, I would assume the reaction was positive, but were there concerns uh, from some of the employees of like, oh, is this shifting too much? Is this too much change? As you mentioned, engineers don't always love change. And so was it hard for, for some people? And how'd you handle that? Yeah, it, it totally was. <clears throat> we probably rocked the boat a little too much and introduced too much change at once. <laughs> but, um, you know, in some ways, what you don't want to do is string it out over four or five years. So it's, it's better to keep it a little yeah. bit concise. Um, what it really meant is a lot of effort from me and our management team who are fantastic, by the way, you, you can't do any of this unless you have a great management team and we have an absolutely fantastic team, but it takes a lot of energy and effort. You all have to be on the same page. You all have to be saying the same thing. You have to be consistent in the messaging and you have to be really intentional. Uh, so we go to the organization a lot. Each Friday, um, I write an email to the organization that talks about some of those foundational things that we're doing. I mentioned we have the four to five company meetings a year. Uh, I meet with our employee base constantly at small team settings. So it just takes a lot of communication, Jay, to make all this stuff stick and to move forward. And um, honestly, that, that's something that I've had to do better in this position is communicate better. And uh, that's okay. I can learn new things too. And uh, the way I like to be communicated in isn't always the way the employee base does. So I've got to adapt to how they best understand and, and hear that information. Yeah. Uh, that, is, that is great. I, I love talking. Uh, I think there's in many ways, like we talk about, uh, you know, the love languages and in, in kind of marriages or, uh, and, and I've noticed that that really carries over with employees. <laughs> There's, there is uh, uh, both in communication and also in recognition that 
you know, people have very, I have very specific ways I like to be recognized or, or um, to receive rewards for, for great work. And it's often very different than the employees. Uh, and it's, and it's really amazing when you start learning that there are some people who just, they really want that one-on-one time with, with leadership. Other people want, uh, you know, they might be more driven by a bonus and that's great commission. Uh, and so it's something that's, I've had to realize like, oh yeah, not everyone's like me. Yeah. <laughs> I, need, I need to adjust. <laughs> yeah. It's, so it's really interesting you say that. In fact, I'll, I'll show you what I've got next to my computer here. Uh, I wrote myself a note and uh, it actually says this, you probably can't read it, but it says, don't forget you're the chief feedback and recognition officer. And um, it's just really important to recognize people and give them feedback. And, and I think our employee base craves that. Uh, that's not always my go-to. So I, I've got to remind myself, hey, yeah. in this role, if you don't do it, nobody else will. And I take that to heart and, and that helps with the process. That's amazing. Well, what's, what's next for the organization? Obviously, you know, you might have uh, some initiatives maybe you can't share publicly, but any, any things that you guys are really excited about or you personally as a leader are excited uh, about exploring? Yeah, what, one of the greatest things that we have going on right now, so we kind of have this uh, aspect of the company I talked about it. We do what I would call more traditional building services, technical, electrical, plumbing, fire protection, technology services. Uh, we spun up another company about 10 years ago that's construction management. We do commissioning. That's where you go to an old building that maybe isn't performing well and bring it kind of up to modern standards. Uh, that company is doing fantastic. So. One of the things we're always doing is looking for new lines of business and services, and um, that's going great. I won't go too much into what those things are, uh, but no shocker, yeah. they're all around data and innovation and, um, you know, just kind of, and, and this is kind of tried, but disrupting the way this industry has always been done, trying to find ways to be more efficient, yeah. uh, do it better, add um, certain aspects of, of AI and innovation to the process we do literally just try to help our clients use the data that they have to make better decisions. So all that stuff's super fascinating and exciting. And, and we're already seeing the fruits of our labor in a lot of those different areas. That's amazing. That's awesome. Well, it's been so fun to to learn from you and, and talk with you. Any kind of call out for the audience? Uh, if they want to follow you guys, maybe someone's interested in a job. How can they learn more about what you guys are doing? Uh, where it'd be a good place to visit. Yeah, that was fantastic. HendersonEngineers.com is our website. That's where most of our information is. Of course, we're on all the platforms, whether that's Instagram or LinkedIn or any of those things. Uh, if anybody wants to follow me, it's, it's Kevin Lewis, and I'm on LinkedIn, and I actively use that. So if anybody shoots me a note, I almost always respond. Uh, that's a great way for me to stay in touch with people. But um, yeah, just... Uh, if they can be a fan of Henderson Engineers, well, we will take that. And uh, I think we do a lot of <laughs> things that are really fun. We, we do a lot of cool stuff. So I think everybody um, could learn from some of the things we post. So, yeah, Jay, thanks for allowing me to do that. Oh, thank you for coming. It was so fun. I, uh, I often say that I, I feel like I am the main beneficiary of this podcast <laughs> because I'm just always like, oh, man, that's, that's a great note. I need to do better at that. So 
I I know that if I'm learning, I'm sure the audience is uh, is learning as well. So, well, thank you again for taking the time. No, for sure, and and you're too kind. Uh, obviously, you're you're successful too, and congrats on. Um, all the success you've had with the Pillow Cube and with your podcast. I, I went on earlier. There's some fantastic stuff there. I'm a fan. I'm going to start listening to more of them. So thanks for doing that. Oh, yeah. No, there's uh, there are amazing people. We have so many more great people coming uh, this year. So, yeah, thanks for being a fan. Yeah, absolutely. So on behalf of our 1,000 employee owners, thank, thank you for the opportunity. We appreciate it. Thanks so much, Kevin. Yep, absolutely.